0: Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to The Guys on Koppen Fracus. It's the best word I can say to describe this is... <laughs> <laughs> one way, the other. He's on, Shafford,
1: Hatchik, here, Mo Salah. and he catches the moment. Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Copper and Breakfast, powered by Swiss Media Group. I'm your host this week, Chris, and joining me, I have got the new um, World heavyweight champion of Kef, um, and we have to create a new belt because he's working so damn hard. Um, and the part-time champions, who currently have the belts, they, they not defend them on the, they did not defend them on the weekly shows or the pay-per-views. I'm of course joined by the one, the only, Peter. Peter, how are you doing, brother?
0: Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm all right. Like you said, I'm here as usual, doing all the house shows, the pay-per-views. <laughs> you know, we let the part times have their championships, and uh, I'll be the workhorse. I'll be the workhorse of the brand. So. Um, yeah, well, we are the workhorses, to be honest. So, um, yeah, let's let's get stuck into it. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, back to we've
1: done back to back pods now. Um, we did do, we do weekend preview last fir- that, last Friday actually, uh, which was which was a ton of fun. Um, and yeah, so good to be cutting up with you yet again, my bro. Uh,
0: and of course, you know weekend
1: preview. God,
0: it's like you know when like the house shows and like you get like the house show Monday Night Raw and it's like the same main event. <laughs> it's the same. Yeah. Event. Just working in different ways, but like a Solo Sokoa versus Cody Rose, like the same <laughs> event. Just, no, just, just working different ways, different finishes, but hey.
1: Yeah, you know, I I always miss those random ones where it was like there was like a run last, and this is this is such a deviation for football, but I, I love it. Um, there was a run. Like last, late last year, when it was just Seth and Fury and like every like house show or live event, they would be in a match. But like the stipulation of the match changed, so one of them was a street fight, and then the other one was like a cage match. But like week on week out, they were just like feud. It just didn't make any sense. But the only thing that changed was the stipulation of the match.
0: So you know ends me. It's like street fight, non disqualification match, no no hold, <laughs> hold and all the same thing. <laughs> yeah. All the same. <laughs> just different names <laughs> so no disqualification match, right? street fight no bars literally all the same
1: thing so funny the one that always gets me is an extreme rules match so you basically should a a no DQ match then essentially, <laughs>
0: <laughs> essentially it's this exact yeah. same
1: thing Um uh, you, you, gotta, you gotta love the world of professional wrestling you gotta love it Um if you love what you've just heard and of course you love what you hear from a here at Cop End I uh, I don't know how many times you have to keep saying this now. Uh, Head over to the Patreon page. It is www.patreon.com and subscribe from just £3 a month and you get access to some of the best LFC content on the internet. Around two bonus shows a week um, and with a very impactful... And formative game changing transfer window on the horizon for Liverpool. There will be more shows, more content, more coverage, more analysis, more of everything as we get closer to that transfer window and into that transfer window. And the best place you want to be for it is with us here at Coppin. So do head over to the Patreon page. Uh, link is in the bio in the podcast description and subscribe from just £3 per month today. On the FEMA freeze, uh, Liverpool beat Nottingham Forest by three of our goals to so two of their goals. Um, do you want to have a 10-minute conversation about massive throw-ins or
0: <laughs> it's crazy? Like it, it's just a game of like it's strength. It's like a game of set pieces, Liverpool's set pieces, uh Son Forest's long throws. Like that was literally like those are the two <laughs> main weapons of both the teams. Like, if they were gonna score, it's gonna be come, come from all of those um kind of weapons and their artillery. and even like the big chances. Like you think of like, I don't know, the draw. There's a draw of chance in there. There's a Bandai, header comes from a corner. Mm. Um, there's, I think, one where Iwani does like an overhead kick. Um, like well, They all came from set pieces of long throws. So, yeah, it's just incredible, really. Like You can play all these fancy tactics and all these like put someone here and build up and put someone there and build up. But when it comes down to it, there's nothing as valuable as a set piece or a throw in.
1: I guess it's that's why it's just so valuable now in the modern game. But it's a weird one for Nottingham Forest because I've never seen a team that has been so poor in terms of defending set pieces, but yet so adept Oops. at using them. But the weird thing was, they didn't even use the throw-in tactic in the first half. It just came out of nowhere in the second half. So I understand why we may have been taken a little bit back by it. Now, that being said, when you're paying a throw-in coach, as Liverpool do, it feels like you should probably have a contingency plan for that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, to be honest, I've never really thought of Norton Forest as that. Obviously, I, more, all the teams in the bottom half use throw-ins and corners right as they should. But yeah, I never thought of was Norton Forest to be like one of the main main ones. Where like, I didn't know that is it Nia Karte, um had a long yeah. throw-in. Yeah, I, oh. I didn't know he
1: had that in his locker. And the throwing like yeah. stance and stuff he was doing was really weird. He's like he was like bending his back back and like just like trying to get extra velocity on it. it was So odd.
0: Yeah, it was just, it was it was crazy to be honest. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll talk about it. But like, you always thought Liverpool that, like, with Van Dyke and Kanate playing, that, like, okay, we should be able to defend set pieces. But we just had a lot of trouble defending them this this game, kind of. Mm. It wasn't really like first contacts. It was always the second or third contact. So it was like, we'd win the, Canate would win the first header and then it would fall to, like, I don't know, Morgan Gibbs White and then he scores like a bicycle kick and it gets to the flesh and it goes in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or like a throw in. Yep. Like, that, like Owen oh, wins the header and then Nico Williams scores a deflection, deflected goal. So it was just like second and third contacts we were just like kind of suffering. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was, it was kind of strange to see because I was associated with Liverpool with defending, especially when Vanaik and Kanate are playing, defending set pieces quite well. So yeah, strange.
1: They definitely used uh, Owen as a bit of a weapon uh, in that game, especially from the set pieces because, I mean, Kanate, we, we, we've seen him be one of the, more physically adept players that we have um, in our defensive line from last season, and of course in this season, where you know he's, he, he's come back from the injury, and you've noticed it straight away that he's been able to kind of deal with the physical threat and kind of have a, that athletic presence. Boy, I, I don't know what a, a, what his a training plan is or whatever, but he was making Kanate look small, boy. It was it was a bit mad.
0: Kanate, I, I, I call him like the Undertaker of defenders because he's literally like what, like six foot five. Massive like pause, Be like big like, yeah. But Owone he was literally matching him, you know, like, <laughs> like, match like you know, almost versus Brock Lesnar. Like, here's <laughs> 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 the looking small because, like, this is just crazy to me. But, um, Oone, he's a real, like, in terms of athletic size and pause, and like, just being just an absolute monster. Like, yeah, he's he's a crazy, crazy tool to use in terms of, yeah, he's high, and obviously, his, his size pause.
1: This has become the pause pod. Um, yeah. Might have to. That's definitely going to be the title of something. The pause pod. Um, but yeah, man. When, when you're talking about physical attributes, you, you, you remember you must have to. You must pause at every single opportunity. Yeah. Or you will because we have the pause police in Keth. We have the pause police in TL, TLF. It does get noticed. It's like we've got analysts in the background that you know measure these kind of things. <laughs> um, but no, I, I completely agree. Uh, I want you, it was kind of like they just basically put Ellis up front and. The, the strength was just was just so that old man strength was just there, man. I was just just fascinating to see. But I, I want to talk about their. I mean, the first goal, the first goal, the um, Nico Williams goal, which you know, to be fair. No, no, it's after the game. One of those ones where I was like, I was kind of happy for him. He got so much shit from fans online when he was here. It, that must have been quite cathartic for him to kind of. Uh, you know, get that out. And there's a little kind of like moment between him and Klopp after the game as well, where they, you know, just kind of checked in on each other. Um, and Fabio Carvalho was like in the periphery as well, which I thought was quite funny. The a metaphor of how he's been for the second half of the season, just on the periphery looking in. Um, but the second goal, Peter, and I want to touch on this with you the, the clip that went around over the weekend uh, of, of Jordan Henson telling Nunez not to mark Morgan Gibbs White. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, what happens, the ball falls to Morgan Gibbs-White. It's a fantastic strike, but he ends up scoring. What were your initial thoughts from that? Uh, were you kind of in the, in, in the camp of how it was online, of, you know, Henderson needs to be flogged X, Y, and Z? Or do you take a bit more of a, uh, you know, I, I know you. I know you take a bit more of a calm, logical approach to these things. So so how did you react to it in the moment? And how have you digested it after the fact? Um,
0: to be honest, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's kind of a nonsensical video to me because... Like it's not that it fall- if it, if it, if, it, if the ball fell to Morgan Gibbs White straight away, um, I'd be like, okay, cool, like that was such superstition. But like, I think it's Kanati actually gets to the ball first, so Kanati has the ball out, and then it falls to Gibbs White. And let's not take away from the finish. The finish is an absolutely crazy man. He's like literally on the half volley. Wild, yeah, <laughs> yeah, on the half volley, um, takes it, and then it gets two deflections. By the way, so it takes it gets deflection from Trent and Kanati, I believe, and then it goes into the net. And I was looking at Norman Forrest's XG. They actually didn't touch above one the whole game. So that chance must have mm-hmm. been such a toll, um Must have been low on the XG chart. So, yeah, for me, I, it's, it's it's a nonsensical kind of view. Um, the only thing I would say maybe is that maybe Henderson, if he's, Henderson's telling Nunes to go, then maybe he should standing closer to Gribbs White. So maybe you yes. take Nunes' spot and you tell him to go forward. I see obviously why he wants to get Nunes forward because we can catch... Um, Northern Forest on the break, so that's probably why I want him to go further forward, but the only thing I would say is maybe Henderson, you get closer to Gibbs White, Gibbs White for telling Nunes to go, but who's to say, like, it was going to fall to Gibbs White in that moment, like, it's very hard to say.
1: Exactly, and I mean, I'm glad you brought up the XG, because the, the XG of the actual shot itself was 0.08, so exactly. very, extremely low, but the post-shot expected goal is 0.45, given by the amount of deflections it was, so it ends up being a high-quality chance. Um, that, that, and that was the theme of the game, really, for Liverpool. I mean, it, it's an interesting game because you can look at it from two different angles. Yes, we shouldn't be conceding two goals to Nottingham Forest. But if you go back a few months and this exact same scenario happens, I don't think we even get anything close to a draw in this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what 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 do you think of the actual resort itself from a mentality point of view? Because... We struck back quite well when they, you know, levelled the game back up. So, what, what what was your key takeaway from us? Kind of like our mentality switch after we, you know, kind of like gave away soft goals. Um, if you
0: want my honest opinion, so I just finished playing a, um, a match. Always, my huh? What did always. You say? I always want your honest opinion. <laughs> um, yeah. Want your so like. Opinion, bro i just finished, obviously, playing a game. Um, and then, obviously, I asked one of my friends, like, he was on the sideline, like, what's the score? And he said 3-2. And I was, in my head, I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, how we conceded two goals for Northern Forest? Like, <laughs> at home as well. Like, what's going on there type of thing? So, I was a bit, like, worried in that sense. But then, obviously, now I've, I've watched, obviously, i watched the game back. And I've seen the goals. Like, the goals are two deflections. They're very low, like I said, the next few charts. Um, I think we were quite yeah. unlucky to concede both goals. Obviously, we should definitely deal with throw-ins better. So, that has to be looked upon. and We have a throw coach for a reason. So, we have to deal with, if not the first contact, second contact, second, second phases of um, throw-ins. You have to deal with it much better. People need to be alert. Because it's not only enough for you to win the first header, you need to be aware to where it's going to bounce and drop. So, um, even like the first goal, um, I think Iwoni really pins Kanate. Um, and then, I don't know who's... I think it's Gibbs that gets to the ball, like... Ideally, Fabinho's closer to Gibbs right at the moment, so he's not able to drive, or at least he makes a foul or something like that, so he's not able to drive. And then yeah, we uh, um Nico Williams. So yeah, we have to work on that. Um, but the one positive I feel like I took away from this game is just how sharp Jota looks again. So yep. yeah, like I said, if we conceded like these goals a couple of months ago, if not for Seller, he would have scored. I don't think anyone else would have scored. But we have Jota shooter now. And he takes his goals incredibly well, by the way. Like I feel like especially the the second finish is an incredible finish. Like the how quick, how quickly he adjusts his body, um, the chest, the knee, the finish, lit week fantastic finish so. Um, I think the main positive I took from the game is like how we're able to score goals. Like, there always seems to be goals in this team, no matter what the situation we are, there's always goals in this team, and just how sharp Jota looked.
1: Yeah, Klopp's quotes today on, on Jota from the press conference were really interesting. He goes, he's got back to speed. Diogo is a super smart player and can play in different positions. He's not the tallest, but he's an extreme threat in the air and good with the ball and good with both feet and has the speed. It's just, it's literally a personification, Jota, in the past two games of what confidence can really do for a player. Because I think we're all in a boat where we were looking at it and kind of thinking, uh, if, a, if a bid came in... And you'd be right for thinking that, though, by the way. With the combination yeah. of the injuries the downturn in form. I mean, the goal stats are a little bit overinflated to an extent because of the injuries, like we said, yeah. but you would, if a decent offer came in, you would be, you know, hard pressed to, to, to consider it, considering some of the needs we have across the squad. Yeah. But I think these two games have really kind of just summed it back up and it, with his work rate and him and his instinctive finishing on why he's quite a key asset for Liverpool as we kind of close off this season and head into a new season where we readjust our aims and ambitions. So, What have you thought of him in these past two games, realistically? Because it's we've gone through that mixed bag of form, where it's looked like the effort's there, and you know Klopp's been persistent with him, persistent with him, persistent with him to a point where he has now regained that form. So, what have your thoughts been of Jota in the past few
0: weeks? Like you said, it's just it's crazy how much confidence can do for a football player. Like I feel like people underestimate the role in which confidence has um it takes a player in their form. So all of a sudden he gets a goal against Leeds and the guy looks like a new man again. Like tell me how a goal makes you faster. Like <laughs> a goal is making the guy <laughs> look faster. Like, you would always that's say that's a very you know, good point. <laughs> you would always that's say a, very good like point. a mixed on a kebab. Like you would always say that like constantly how he looked like and he was he was right. <laughs> mixed I every
1: time honestly he was on the ball I was just sitting there going, oh it's mixed on a man again. Stop. And I, 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 <laughs> honestly, because like it was a combination. I don't know, I don't know who was worse for it this season, to be fair, in terms of the kebab rankings. It was either him or Fabinho, because that pe- period in January, January Feb, when Fab was like doing just giving away those stupid fouls, it was like com- but then ten minute cameos. I was like, Have you been eating kebab on the bench, man? What has been going on? Um but yeah, you, you you're completely right though. It's like the goal, it's like a, he got like a plus twenty on his speed
0: or something. It was absolutely insane. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And all of a sudden, his reactions look sharper. Like he's quicker to the he's quicker to to, the, to footballs. I'm not gonna say balls because that's Paul's moment. Um, he's quicker to <laughs> um, like yeah, for that second goal. Like you don't see him doing that. The last like couple of months for him to adjust his body, the chest it swivel, finish it. Like he's gonna go against Leeds as well. It's an incredible finish. Hits it inside of the post, goes in. Um and yeah, he looks like a very good option for us now in terms of goals, in terms of being sharp, and just being that poaching, had the a box that stiffened chances. There was another header he done where Kananti done like a long, um, a long what's it called ball over the top, and then he kind of done like a glancing header. Um and never saved it. So yeah, it's just nice to have the option again because I'll be real, like him, like you said, in that bad form, I was usually thinking, like, whoa, like, you know what I'm saying, while the iron is still hot and people don't realise that we might need to and because he's the injuries as well, I was thinking mainly about the injuries. I was thinking that maybe we might have to not look at selling him, but if there was any interest in him, see what can really yeah. what we can really do with him um, in terms of... And another point is that, like, our attack is really lopsided. So a lot of them like playing the left, which is something I do, I do think we need to look at. So in terms of maybe getting, like, a, a winger or an attacker who's comfortable on the right. But, um, yeah, for now, I feel like hopefully this form, it kind of continues. And Joel is able to kind of continue this rich of form. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy about it. He looked really good on, on Saturday for sure.
1: And that's a big thing with Jota as well that kind of multi positional versatility. play on the left, he can play through the middle. And I think that's going to be really key as we get Diaz back up to speed and kind of use Nunes N- 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 in a bit, in a sparing manner. Just focusing back on that kind of some, having someone who can do that from the right hand side, getting to his scouting back for a minute. Um, you know, transfers have been the hot topic for Liverpool. Since the season started, really, Um <laughs> have you got anyone in mind who you think would be really perfect for that role as an understudy to Salah and someone who kind of rotate on a, you know, maybe a fortnightly
0: basis? Um, so <clears throat> I do think in football, there's like a, I think there's a lack of especially clinical right wingers, left-footed right wingers. Anyway, like if you look at like the ideal replacement for Salah or the ideal person who's coming for Salah, you'll be looking for years, like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've talked to people like Rufina, even Anthony, and their profiles are a lot different to sellers. Like, they, those those are like creators. You know what I'm saying? Those are supposedly, well, Anthony's supposedly a creator. I don't know what he is to this, but like, <laughs> those people, they're, they're supposedly like creators. Um, and obviously, they're right for they play on the same side as him, but they're a much different profile. Like, sellers more of a ghostword than they are. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like it's just, it's quite difficult to kind of find that profile right a lot um, in Europe. And there's, it's weird because there's a lot of left-wingers, like, very good left-wingers. So, you look at your likes of Liel, Gnissus Jr., Kim K, K- Kavatskelia, whatever his name is. Um, there's a lot of them, like, there's a lot of good left-wingers, Diaz, um, Rashford, so, but on the other side, there's not so much, but, um, I've liked one player, obviously, even before he signed for Dortmund, I was a big fan of him at Salzburg, and um, I thought he looked very bright, and the one I actually like about him, he's got blistering pace, um, and I'm talking about kulimani Unbelievable pace, yeah. And that goal for um Dortmund against Chelsea, where he actually just strips Enzo. Um Enzo just can't get anywhere near him, just shows how lethal he can be. Um and yeah, he's comfortable on that right hand side, he's direct, he likes to take on a guy and he's got a good finishing ability as well. Um I know he didn't come in and make an instant impact at Dortmund, but he's now he's finding his feet. I really like him. I don't know how much they would demand for him, but um let's see. Another player I do like, he's a bit more raw. Um is Mr. Diaby from Leverkusen. Um, 1v1, he's one of them guys that like, like, yeah, you don't really want to catch him 1v1 because he's just so quick, so strong. Um, and it was just about really kind of um, refining his end product. Um, he's finishing, his crossing and stuff like that. But like, 1v1, he's a very, very good player. Um, I feel like he's comfortable on the right and the left. Um, I think he might favour the left, but he definitely played a lot on the right as well. So I like Diaby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've been linked with Samuel Chakwezi from Villarreal. Um, yeah, not for me. Not, 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 not for me. Um, he doesn't quite make the grade. I've watched Villarreal a couple of times. Um, a bit too raw for me. Doesn't really stand out. Like when I watched him and Danjuma, Danjuma looked like a better player to me personally um, from Villarreal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd say Adiyemi and Musa Diabia, my, um my contenders. What about you?
1: I'm in the same bag as you, like, um, by the way, three pound £3 a month, by the way, that for phenomenal analysis like that, because um, you're not going to get it from me. Um, <laughs> I'm in the same bag as you. It is a very much a dearth of kind of right wingers, really, in, in just in world football in general. Um, the guy we're linked to, I, I took a look at the guy we're linked to from Leon, the uh, Barcola. I thought he looked quite interesting in terms of the positional versatility that he does have. Play through the middle, play off the play off the right. Um, but the one guy who comes is coming coming to mind for me, and I think if there's someone you want who can deputise in both midfield and the right ring, I can never pronounce his name. But I think you know what I mean—the guy from Red Bull Leipzig, um, Dominic Zabola. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, 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 Hello, yeah.
1: One one day I will get that pronunciation right. Um, <laughs> As it's yeah, it's always annoying when I can't pronounce people's uh, surname really, properly because oh, yeah. people oh, yes. can't pronounce. <laughs> but um, he, he's just one of those players who kind of he looks really exciting when he gets on the ball. Good set piece taker, and you know, kind of like that that multi-positional threat I think will be really good. And I think in the way we want to play football um going forward potentially, because um, I don't I don't see this current system lasting every single game. I see it being a situational kind of base thing that we do do from time to time he'd be absolutely perfect for it I think he's got a decent release clause in there as well Um, and every time I watch kind of like Leipzig play on the rare occasions that I do he's one of the plays that always consistently stand out so I think he'd be one that'd be kind of up there for me uh, more than anyone Um, but yeah let's let's wait and see because we've got more pressing we've got more pressing um, concerns in completely rebuilding a midfield Um, and boy is that going to be something
0: we keep I do feel like they want a prop um, kind of Make Diaz comfortable in the right wing, not necessarily have his best position there, but like I feel like they're trying to maybe adapt him and kind of trying to train him in that position because whenever someone does deputize in that role, I think we saw Swampton last year or Swampton, yeah, Swampton away, um, in the run up to like the end of last year, Diaz played on the right, um, and yeah, mm. he came on against Leeds as well for Seller, came on on the right, um, so yeah, I feel like they're trying to deputize him there. Whether he looks comfortable there is a different thing, but it looks like they're trying to maybe yeah, get him to be. Play
1: okay, there. be an interesting one going forward to see that because I think if it allows you to play Salah through the middle more, you can play Nunes off the left and kind of push those two closer together just to get a bit more in- interconnectivity there. So that'd be an interesting one to kind of look at. Speaking of the left-hand side, um, how do you feel like Robbo's done in this system? Because I don't think it's conducive to his playstyle. So what have you thought of his performances as we've kind of gone to this hybrid um three of the back system?
0: Um I think he's done all right. Like yeah he hasn't been outstanding but like he's still able to kind of get in those attacking areas for sure. Um he has to obviously be a bit more aware of his runs and not just running around like headers chicken for sure. Of course like a three like he says with Konati and Dak. And but um yeah I think I think he's done alright. He's still able to kind of get in those demand areas. There's one chance against um Forest where Trent played an amazing ball um, over the top. He found literally Robertson. He chested it, put uh, across the uh, across the box, and they kind of cleared it. But I think he's done. All right. I think he's. I think he's it right. Um, yeah, with Robertson, I, obviously. To be honest, I have to say, like, obviously Trent is better than him in terms of going forward. In terms of like that special talent. So like, if he has to maybe sacrifice his game just a little bit, um, so mm-hmm. be it. Um, I feel like because we need another option on the ball, especially in central midfield, the way our midfielders are playing, we kind of need the option of Trent. So, um, yeah. And I feel like, especially with the system as well, once we're able to kind of get a more athletic DM, that would help Robertson because like, then the athletic DM can now like, push into the back three and then that will let Robertson kind of attack a bit more. But because Fabinho can't stop trading transition transitions, um, you know what I'm saying? So he can't really fill in for... Robinson in that position, but once you get a more athletic DM that takes care of itself, Robson can go and do his thing a bit more
1: I think it's one of the reasons why I'm pushing for Diaz to start um, today against West Ham well today as we release the pod I think that'll allow Robbo to do a little bit more as well, I think those two have always had like, a pretty decent relationship um, on that left um, and you, maybe, you can maybe get away with playing Curtis Jones on that left hand side again I think he's done a pretty good job of kind of doing okay, a bit of the talk industry about
0: work. Curtis, though, man. Let's do <laughs> it, man.
1: We had a very good, we had a very good conversation about him on weekend preview, um, in how he's let's kind talk of leveled
0: about up. My boy you know when you're cooking something on a medium heat, like it's cooking, like you are starting to smell it. Like if I, it, was, it, was, it was low heat, low heat now, <laughs> you just got by. You put in the background, this little starter, and then now you start to smell it, like. Mm. What is that? That's smelling good. Like, me, just cooking something light, man. Let's cook something light. But yeah, he's been really good, man. Like, he's been really good, really tidy player. Like, Curtis Jones, he's my type of player. I feel like I've always liked kind of that middle 30 type of player who just able to get that ball, able to get that football pause from the centre backs. Um, go past the player just really tidy feet just nipping it together giving it to the forwards receiving it again um and I'm, like he's not the best on the final third but I feel like he's really really good in the middle third and he's I think he's becoming a lot more responsible as well so he's not really just running around like had his chicken he's normal to press like against Chelsea um I thought he was really responsible against Chelsea because there was times where like he was tracking like Kante tracking like Enzo. Just against into challenges, and yeah, he just he looked a lot more responsible. Um, still has that kind of quality on the ball, like we saw against um Leeds, you know, for that assist, uh, for Jota, great assist. So he still has that quality on the ball, and yeah, he just looks like a really nice option. I feel like this system suits him more because he's able to kind of play further up forward. Whereas normally, when we play our kind of rigid 433, he has to maybe kind of impersonate like a like a genie in terms of like, um. You now saying covering our fullbacks, getting back, covering spaces, but this kind of new system, he's able to kind of push up and um, attack a lot more because obviously we have Trent and Fabino on sitting, so he's able to kind of play like a high eight, like a defensive type of eight, and it suits him a lot more. So, yeah, that's 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 my type of guy. And I, I I really like Curtis Jones, man. I've never really kind of subscribed to like the weird like Twitter hate and like football Twitter, um, social media hate of like just saying ah oh, he's washed or like. He's not good enough to be a Liverpool player. or He's not good enough, blah blah blah. Like the guy's twenty what, twenty two? Like, and he's barely like had a run of games. Like, barely had like a run of ten games. Like, you can barely see what he's done. Like, he has a lot of ability, and yeah, let's let's just see what he can do. At bet, at worst, he can be like a squaddy for Liverpool. Like, at worst, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I really like him. I like his play style. Um, and he should have got more minutes for me this year. To be honest, I feel like he should have played a lot more games. Obviously, he had that eye, weird eye injury. Um, He's had a lot of injuries and stuff like that, but yeah, I really like the player, and the system definitely suits him, for sure. Uh, another point, sorry, it's that off for now, that so it's another different. point. Um, in that first half, we couldn't really make a lot of, like, we couldn't create a lot of chances, and also when I was watching it back, I noticed that Danny Lowell literally stood on Trent, so obviously throughout the week, we've been kind of talking about Trent's new role, blah, blah, plays midfield, like, been getting a lot of interviews about it, blah, blah. So, obviously, Forrest kind of they obviously didn't know what it was going to do. So, Danny Lowe stood on Trent. He wasn't able to kind of quick get that space that he needed um, for that first half. So, it, he saw a lot of play with like Jones, um, Gagpo, Jota. They were kind of interchangeable in that, f- that first half and they were doing like a lot of nice touches. Mm-hmm. We didn't create uh, any goals from it, but I feel like J- J- allowed Jones to get on the ball a lot more. Um, but when we maybe when we get like a, a better midfielder or we get like a you know what I'm saying, we signed midfielders, you can see how they would progress in that role that Jones is playing now or Henderson's playing now because if someone's marking Trent in that board up then it would allow someone those advanced eights to get on the ball more. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm imagining you have know, kind of uh, Jones McAllister kind of in those two forward roles. That'd be, I mean, that'd be absolutely unbelievable. I think, but the one thing you were spot on, you know, obviously Dinero was right on Trent as you'd expect kind of like going into this game and yeah. nullify him as much as possible. But, when you've got a player who's got really good technical security like Curtis Jones, that's the type of guy you need in your midfield. That's the type of guy we've been lacking in some of these games where the pressure's been on. You just need someone who can kind of be a bit more pressure-resistant, very good and secure with the ball. And that is the one thing that we've massively um, massively missed out. And I completely agree with you uh, on, on the social media. Eh? Um, that CF comp account, that weird one. Hey, my, oh, yeah. That brother needs to... Sh- all right, that brother needs to, you know, just keep keep making comms for us, brother. We'll leave the analysis to the real folk, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> um, um <laughs> and yeah, it, it was always weird, like kind of obviously when when the when the dude stuff came out and they there were kind of that alternates in terms of potential midfields we could sign and plays we would link to. Like Tillman's was in there, but like why the hell would you want to sign your Tillmans on a free when you've got Curtis Jones literally right there? Mm, spin, Spin. It's just, it's it's weird. And, you know, give him the, you know, let let him get this run of games now, which he's done. I mean, it's, what, almost, it's, probably end up being four starts in a row of, you know, seven out of 10, eight out of 10 performances. Let him keep yeah. cooking. Let him keep going, like you said, man. And give him the summer off to rest. Let him come back fit and fire in. And you've got another person who you probably would have thought, I think mean, we all would have collectively gone, if a decent offer comes in for him this summer, you could offload him. Now you're looking at a situation where you probably do want to keep him and keep him around because he's growing and maturing with every single performance. So, yeah, long may it continue, man.
0: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, Yeah, I'm really enjoying his, like, running the team for sure. Um, It's a nice little silky player. Um, And, like, with Henderson and Fabinho, I feel like they're kind of low volume footballers in terms of like touches and passes at the moment. Like you don't really see them on the ball as much. Like when Fabinho gets the ball, he's always looking for Trent or he'll always looking for Van Dijk or someone just to really give to give it to you straight away. And Henderson's never really been one to so, unless he's playing like, the DM role, he's not really been a centre mid that wants to get on the ball so much. Like so heavily, he just wants to do kind of running off the ball, maybe like you know what I'm saying run and help whatever kind of inside forwards and cover spaces after like that. So Curtis Jones is someone who likes to have a lot of touches. He's kind of high volume, so. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense in the system, and I will say we will get to transfer business late more um, after um, towards the end of this pod. But like the type of midfielders that we've been linked to makes a lot more sense in the system because I was thinking like, why not get linked to more defensive players? But like, you imagine people like Graven Birch, McAllister, like these have of advanced gates. Yes. Them in this system makes a lot more sense. You know what I'm saying? Mount like mm-hmm. it makes a lot more sense for sure.
1: That's that's the game. You know, and God, Hendo, God bless him. He, he's, he's doing his best. He, you know, his legs are going and he only needs to be playing one game a week, um, which we
0: can all agree. Bro, um, he's of him like, how's this guy a professional footballer? Like, bro, lay off, bro. Lay off him, like, relax. Like, I I,
1: him bro, I, 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 I hate, I hate Niki stuff like that because I can guarantee you the person who posted that has not got six pack and abs in it. You know what I mean? Like, take a look at yourself in the mirror, brother. You you know, you've been eating too many Krispy creams and that to be kind of like, you know, Joking up a professional footballer uh, on social media, but so what you expect in this day and age? But so neat, bro. The, so bro, it's it's so neaky, and it just it, it, it's the one thing I hate about football Twitter. Um, and I guess it's why football clubs don't listen to football Twitter because I've seen some of the suggestions that football Twitter have, and clubs would be probably bankrupt if they followed <laughs> these uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but followed these suggestions. But you can see the vision in that right hand side role. Um, recently, it's a lot more attacking. Um, and that's why the Major Mount link makes a lot of sense. First of you know, it's someone who is getting technically secure and you get a bit the vision. The vision I think we always keep saying is you give Klopp his Lalana in a way and someone who can operate a little bit more further forward. What, well, what? We'll, obviously, we'll, we'll keep the majority of the transfer stuff to the end, but would you be happy with Mount being one of the signings and how he could fit in, in that right hand side of a Liverpool? Traditional Liverpool midfield free, and in this new style of a Liverpool uh, midfield.
0: Um, do you know what? I've always like. I've always thought Mason Mount's good player. To be honest, um, I don't really tend to like. I try to make my own opinions and not follow football Twitter, and it's kind of come. It's, it's kind of become like really um, unpopular to like a player like Mason Mount because he's not. Drip, he's not like drippy, or he's not like football's Twitter slave of the mouth. But I've always thought he's a good player. Um, He's kind of he's like a he's like a jack of all trades. Like he's good at everything. Um, he's really tidy. He he's runs off the ball superb. He does everything really quickly. So I think his best one of his best attributes is that like he does everything at, like a high operation speed. Like he's rare. Like you'll just see him like dilly dally on the ball, take loads of touches, then make a bad decision. Like if he makes his new decision quickly in terms of laying it off or getting a shot off or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I like the player. Um, but I do feel like defensively, I feel like he's not the Best. I think he's a very good presser, but he's not one mm-hmm. to really like like follow. Like let's say I do like let's say a midfielder to track a midfielder 20-30 yards. That's not really his game. I don't think he really wants to do that. He wants to be the one, he wants to be the midfielder that like, gets like double figures, you know what I'm saying? That's the type of game he wants to be. Um so it depends on the profiles that we kind of land with him. But I like him was a him, but I just feel like he needs a maybe a more def- like we need to get a DM. And maybe like a more defensive mind than feels along with him. I feel like if you get him, then he has to be the most advanced midfielder that we get in that window. Get me?
1: So who would be the t- who would be the two um, you'd supplement
0: with Mount to kind of justify? Oh it? my God. just got an absolute banger. karmas just so weird. Oh, think- <laughs> 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 like, you <mentioned> <laughs> just saw his name. just got a banger. So weird. Um, and also that Nika Williams goal that's that's Julian's fault, no one else but Julian's fault, by the way. Julian was I, ripping into Nico Williams for years, years, man, years. <laughs> like, that's 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 t- that's typical, like, you know, when you rip it to someone and they play against you and then they score against you. That, that was Julian's fault. I, but, did, um...
1: I, I I love Julian, man, because whenever we whenever like, when, when Jota scored his few goals, he came in with the let your uh. Let your um oh, apologies be as loud as you disrespect. Kind of might need to hit him with the Nicole Williams one now I have to, we just remembered that.
0: Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you said the profiles that I'd want alongside Mount. Um I would like um uh whew, we need a DM, so I would get Agate or Kaiseido. Um Agate or Kaiseido, I would like if you could get both, that would be great, but probably Agate Mount. And I think is a bit more unrealistic because I feel like they're going to charge quite a lot of uh, money for him. Um, I'd be shocked if he was anything anything under, under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Agate, Mount. Oh, he'd be, he'd be my second one. Oh, the, the, the Tillemans goal got cancelled. You are lucky. You are lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it got revoked. Um, Tillemans... No, no I'm saying I'm um, Mount and Graven Birch. You know what? Agate Mount and Gravenberch. And, and I feel I like, like yeah, I say Graven like, Birch, people might say Graven is a bit more offensive, but from what I can see and what I know of Klopp, I feel like Klopp will turn Gravenburch to be a more defensive side of midfield though. And I say this because when we signed Genie Wijnaldum, he was playing left midfield, and the that is the
1: Newcastle... literal. That is the literal um, person that came to my mind. The the yeah. phrase I'm coining for it is the genification of Ryan Gravenberch. That is going to be a pod we're going to do if he signs the genification yeah. of Ryan Gravenberch.
0: When well, Jaldum spent most of his career um, for PSV and um, for Newcastle as, as an attacking midfielder, you know, someone that played mid, someone that played ten. So, and look what dropped done to him when he got his hands on him, and turned him into like a. Yeah. Like, like a a really good um, more defensive side of the midfielder so yeah um i think that would do me to be honest um if you can't get Garte, i'm a big fan of jao palinio i know he's a bit old but i like palinio to be honest
1: i know you you've, you've 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 been a big fan for a while actually palinio um speaking well, of it's shit it's football scoring got goal, scoring goals taro ming's has scored what the hell's <laughs> going on <laughs> everyone's getting in the action today um I think McAllister would be one for me. Um, with Mount. Just in terms of with Mount, because I think he can okay. do. He, I think he can do a lot, and that technical security is just so so nice for me. I can imagine him playing in a double pivot in that three, which would be pretty good, and he could play him a little bit further forward.
0: <sighs> oh, I missed the name. Two Ram. Sorry, if we can't get Graham Birch, I'll get Two Ram. Yeah, that was going to be. Ram. Yeah, that was, Ram.
1: That, was, that was that. That was going to be my other one. I mean, talk about physicality and size, pause, and on ball, kind of. Yeah, that guy is really good, man. Every clip, of, every clip you see of him, by the way, it's like see, it's like a man against boys, pause. Like yeah, he he's... makes everyone look really tiny on the pitch.
0: Yeah, for sure, he's he's massive. Um, pause, like, and he's ball. Oh my god, he's football <laughs> carrying. <laughs> he, he's football carrying is just unbelievable. Like the way he's able to kind of get past players and. Um, Take it to different phases. So he's, he's also, so
1: he's got a magnet in his. So he's, he's got a magnet in his boot because the ball yeah. just like doesn't move away from him.
0: It's crazy. It, um, he looks yeah. very, very. Good at him. He, he just he screams to me like someone is going to sign him in the mid table, and then someone someone's going to buy him again. Like I just don't see one of the big clubs taking a chance on him, and I don't know why. Like I just, I really feel like Villar or Newcastle someone's going to sign him, then we're going to be like, oh, why don't we sign him? Like do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. He just doesn't feel like he's getting like. He's got these tentative links to these clubs, but he's not got that strong like link. I don't know. I feel like we should I definitely that on
1: him. I think the only two like clubs I've seen him linked to strongly are PSG, which I avoid like the plague at the moment, considering just what's going yeah. on there, and uh, and us. Those are the only yeah. two clubs really, like any like substance where it's been. So that is interesting. But I completely agree. you imagine him in, in, in a Newcastle midfield with Bruno.
0: Jesus is Lord. Jesus. <laughs> oh, was, yeah, you know, that you know, would be you, know, you
1: know, war of player. War of player. Did you see the uh, link? Uh I, I don't know who it came from at the Athletic, but uh Bruno Gramea, is highly regarded by the
0: brass at Anfield.
1: <laughs> but brother, if he was hardly regarded, why didn't you go and sign him fucking last year <laughs> when you had the chance?
0: So frustrating. This guy was sliding for a move as well. Like, so frustrating. Um, yeah. <laughs> what a player. That's all I have to say. Is what a player, but it's it's too late now. Um the good the good thing about the mythic options that there's a lot of them. Like there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Like even in the DM market, Caicedo, Ogate, Paulinho, Amrabat, you look at the eight market, you've got Mount, McAllister, Turam, um you've got Lowe's, like, you know what I'm saying? So there's literally a lot of Nunes, Mateus Nunes, like there's there's a lot of options there. So as long as you just have to Get some good profiles in, and yeah, just not get it wrong. Hopefully, but I feel like there's so many good options there that you're okay. Like it's not like the striker market where like there's like one or two options who like score goals, and all the rest of us like. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, like the midfield, there's a lot of options. So yeah, that's one positive. I feel like.
1: Yeah, it's not a good, uh, not a good summer for a striker because it essentially is Oshimeno bust. Yeah, Oshimeno.
0: Really. Oshimeno Kane's even on the market. Who knows?
1: All right, that'd be interesting. That'd be an interesting one to uh, I think if he leaves, I think NSO might just declare bankruptcy at that point. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I, and, uh, li- listen, man, I i love I love Sai, love Tobes, and that, but like, what have you got left at that point? We saw how the last rebuild went when one of your star players left. You signed Roberto Soldado, it didn't go well, did it? So, yeah, um. But yeah, do tune into the Plethora of podcasts We do have a Touchline Podcast Network um, for pure entertainment. Um, West Ham tonight—they've um, come into a little decent run of form, as it was not looking great for them uh, doing. Really well in Europe, I uh, think in the semi-finals now of the conference league, which they should really go on and win looking at the um other teams in that competition. Uh Declan yeah. Royce got an absolute absolute banger um in in that Oi, final. That goal was moving me. Oi. <laughs> that goal was moving me. I never knew you had that in your locker. What's going on?
0: Like <laughs> the ball up from the field, drove, 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 drove went on his left. Slept into, the, slept into a corner. And I figured, Do you know when, like, a homegrown, like, like a homegrown talent, like, one of our very own scores, like, it's just, it hits different. Like, you know when Trent scores? It's different, just, man. <laughs> like, there's something special about it. Like, it just hits different. So, he scored and you see the whole stadium erupt, And he doesn't even have to celebrate. But, yeah, that's another, that's another option. I don't feel like, again, he might be too expensive. But, yeah, um, Rouse is a quality, quality player. Again, another one that a lot of football Twitter and a lot of, like, just social media were like clowning him like for a long time. But like, he's a quality player, like he's a good player. I mean, he has his deficiencies,
1: but who doesn't? Well, that's that's the thing. And you know, those deficiencies, if you're a good manager, you can kind of get them out of his game. You know, yeah, yeah. Another one who's still relatively young, but plays at a very high level. Um it'd be oh. just, again, I'll be another one to see interesting how West Ham handled that situation this summer. I mean, he's only got one year left on his deal, I think. Um, so they're not going to command that high of a fee, but I mean, we've seen these things go in different directions in the past few years, but what have you made of West Ham um, in the past few weeks? Um, And what have you made of the performances of one Lucas Perqueta, who seems to be settling in uh, to West Ham style of player recently?
0: Um, Yeah, I've been watching West Ham quite a bit, you know, um, where I work, there's a lot of like, well, it's right next to the West Ham Stadium because we've got a lot of West Ham. Okay. Like, yeah, um the studios is right next to I'm not gonna say which studio it is but it's right next to West Ham Stadium. Um and we've got a lot of West Ham supporters, so like by way of like work, I have to always just like talk about West Ham and that like, they also want West Ham. And obviously a lot of them want Moyes to go, but um yeah, I tuned into like the conference game, tuned into um the Bournemouth game and it's like they finally just woke up and like their quality players have just started to turn up a bit. I think the Arsenal, so the Arsenal second half is where they really found their confidence. Kind of like when we played Arsenal, their second half as well. Yeah, It's like they just seem to like, you know, kind of give them that energy um, and they found the confidence. And Antonio's kind of found his form again. He's just being that kind of buzzing, um, that a really annoying striker who just doesn't give up on like anything that kind of lost causes. um if, if
1: you if you could compare michael antonio to one wrestler who would it be because you think he's finished but he always comes back and is challenging for a title
0: um like sheamus or something
1: like that oh like that's a perfect comparison <laughs> I mean, <like> yeah it's <laughs> yeah.
0: like a brute like a brute that's just always about like you know like he's got that respect He's not the best wrestler, but he's got that respect. And he's always about, yeah. Sheamus is always... Like, you don't really see a WrestleMania cards with Sheamus is not on. Like, and he's always on, like, a feature match as well. So, um yeah. yeah. Uh, Antonio, he's one of them guys who, like, you don't really want to play against, to be honest. He's not the best player in the world, but you don't really want to play against. So, it's just a bit... Yeah. he's has been frustrating. Interest. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. I feel like... So, what I feel like... What's gone wrong with them is they've tried to transition to a team who wants to play really good football and, like, really play, like, you know, kind of, like, entertaining football. But the problem is that they have Moyes. And Moyes doesn't play this type of football. Moyes doesn't know anything about this type of football. So, like, he's bought players like Poquetska, um you know, these type of, like, players who can really play on the ball. But Moyes, again, he's he's never really played this football in his life, really. Things that suit him... Moyes likes to play on a counter-attack. He has to play physical football, um... And so, yeah, I feel like they've been in this kind of free-for-all where, like, they've been stuck in between the two worlds type of thing, where like, they've still got these, like, shoe checks, coup fouls, you know, Johnson, like, these kind of rough footballers that Moyes kind of likes and these kind of, like, you know, pretty footballers. So, um, yeah, he's played, for most of the season, he's played Paqueta, Um, Well, he started playing as a 10, but now he plays him, like, like a double pivot with Bryce um, sometimes. And it's just like, yeah, it's just like, what are you doing? Um, so, yeah, um, but Paqueta's, I feel like... People start comparing Paqueta to Richarlison and he's just like, yeah, no, see you later. He's, really <laughs> yeah. he's found his form now. Um, he's found his quality. And I've always been a fan of Paqueta. I think he's got a great left foot. He's more industri- industrious than you think. I don't think he's like a, a double pivot midfielder, but he's more industrious than you think he is for like a 10. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a lot of quality. So, yeah, they're in a good run of form. Um, I still feel like they're not the best defensively. I, feel like, I still feel like you can get at them. Kara is really weak. I feel like Kara is such a bad, bad defender.
1: Well, that was going to be my next question. I was going to say, because whenever I see you talk about West Ham and we'll, like West Ham around TV, there's always a message going, Kara is just, uh, he's probably the most abysmal football
0: I've ever seen. <laughs> talk talk, yeah, me, talk cool. me through what you've made of him. I, I've never seen someone who's such a bowls he can't defend. Like, he's one of the type of guy like, has a defenders He wants to win everything at the first contact, and he never does. He's not great in a ball. Um, I really don't know how he's got any sort of caps for Germany, like, I really can't understand it, and I I feel like it's just because he's played for PSG, that's the only reason, but he's really, really bad, Um, so I say it's nice, he's probably going to go and score against us, but um, yeah, (laughs) definitely get them defensively, obviously still have lots of Cresswell, Kufau, Johnson, they're just not really of the level, so um, yeah, I feel like Joao Nunes are definitely going to have chances, for sure. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it'll be it'll be an interesting game for sure. Um, kind of feels like it's always like an interesting game whenever we go to the, is it the West Ham Stadium, the Olympic Stadium? I'm not too sure what they call it these days. But I mean, yeah, West Ham's backline, a bit dodgy. You know, Creswell, for, for, you know, very industrious. Uh, Neugard's actually pretty, de- pretty decent. Um, you know, I've been, I've been impressed with him this 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 season. But I mean, we should have enough about us to beat them. Uh, what would you go for in terms of a Liverpool lineup for this game?
0: Ooh, um is Kante fit, by the way. Can I ask? Is Kante fit?
1: There was something about there was something about him getting a knock I saw earlier on.
0: Um so that one's
1: I guess it's in the balance. Um Knotty,
0: but please But what would
1: what, what would you do?
0: Please be <laughs> fair. I need, I used to play against West Ham and Tottenham, like the, Matip and Gomez, I'm sorry, I just I don't really have any confidence in them. And we're still conceding goals even with Kanate in defense, so I just feel like yeah, I don't really have the confidence in Matip and Gomez, especially this season. They've not really been too good. Um, so I'd hope that Kanate's fit. If he's not fit, then I'd probably go for probably Matip. Um so That's
1: <laughs> yeah. interesting one because my, my next my next question was going to be Jones in this not Jones um, Gomez in this new system. Do you think it could nullify some sort of the bozo ness
0: you've no, uh, seen from him this season? <laughs> I don't, I can't like and I like Jones, I like Gomez as a player, but like he's just not been in good confidence or form this season. And I don't if I was to play him anywhere, I'd play him at right back. I would, I don't really trust him as centre back, to be honest. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, no, nah, not for me. Um I'll play Canate, but if he's not fit that matter, um then I would rotate a little bit, not too much, but just maybe two or three positions. So I think I'll start Thiago. Um,
1: Tiago on the right.
0: Well, to be honest, um, so if it's one of those days, days that, like you said, we said on the post-match pod, that if Jones can't play, because, you know, the doctor has, <laughs> has had a certain day for him, um, then he can go on to the left. But if, he, if obviously Henderson's tired as he's, you know, aging a bit more, I'll maybe play Tiago. But yeah, if, if Jones can play, then i I'll um do Tiago Henderson and then I'll bring I'll bring Nunes in for for Gekpo. Um mm. yeah, I'll, I'll bring Nunes in for Gekpo because was in too much good form. Um I don't I, I, yeah, you can't really bench on in that kind of run of form. Um so yeah, I'll go draw through the middle, Salah on the right, Nunes on the left, Tiago, Jones and Fabino midfield. Yeah. What would you
1: do? I, I probably go something similar. To be fair, I, I'd have a very. The only thing for me is if I don't know if I flip Diaz for Nunez and play Jota through the middle, but okay. I'm very intrigued by Trent 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 in this new role because I think I think they will try and do the same thing um, that yeah. Nottingham Boris did in terms of coming a man man marking him. But i I'm, I'm very interested to see if. Trent gets a bit more freedom, ping a ball over the top straight to Nunes because I think that could cause a lot of issues, and that's yeah. where you could really unlock the potential of potential of Darwin uh, in this system. Now, whether he actually wants to score the chances given, that's a completely different question. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of just let's uh, just, just kind
0: of wait and hey, see there. Yeah, we'll Figures, definitely... the man. Let my boy cook. You know I think he's on nine goals in the Premier League. I mean, he's only got like
1: oh, he's done well, man.
0: How many starts has he got? Like, like 10 or 11 starts? He's not started in that many games. I um, know he's got
1: quite a few appearances. Yeah, he's, not not. Started, but he's not started that many. Yeah, he's not, he's not started that many. And I think there's been a lot of stop start as well. Like, yeah. I don't think the injury did him any good. The one he picked up um, near the Real Madrid games. Obviously, the red card at the beginning of the season didn't help. But I think he picked up another kind of um, nagging injury towards when we kind of got to the World Cup too. So it's it's not been the the most ideal kind of debut campaign, but I think he's given a a, a good account of himself, and I'm pretty uh, you know it looks like it's in one of those situations where there's the coaching staff right? and the pl- there's yeah there. there's there, there's enough there yeah there's yeah. there's a there's a body of work there to be kind of be like look at it and be like okay cool. The coaching staff know where the deficiencies are. He knows, I think, himself where the deficiencies are. You know, he's been quite open and honest that, you know, he needs to score more and be a bit more clinical. So, when those two things are on the same page, the only way is up, in in a sense. And I'm I'm pretty sure that he'll, we'll see the best of him. Maybe, maybe towards the end of this campaign and definitely next season.
0: For sure. I mean, you look at it. So, I'm looking, he's got nine goals this season. If he gets to like what? I'd say if he scores three or four more goals this season, gets to like 13, 14 um, goals in the Premier League. And then he's got 15 all-comps. So if he gets to what, like 20 goals, I don't know. Oh, okay. Let's say he gets to like 18, 19 goals all-comps. That's an okay season for a first season for a 23-year-old striker. Yeah. Like, that's, I don't know. It's not a flop type season. It's just an okay season, which he can build upon next year. Um, and yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? There's something where like, he's not... An entire flop, like I don't like who can I say like like a werner or like I don't know, like it's not that type of season where he's got or like a Torres at Chelsea where he's got like three goals or two goals, like he gets a double figures. He's alright, and the next year you build on it get next year maybe he gets like twenty goals, he gets like fifteen goals, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, we go from there. So yeah. We go from there, man. We go from there. But another person I'll do a segue for you, who might get to 20 goals this season is Mohamed Salah. The guy's on what, like 17 goals a season? Mm. In the Premier League, that's it. It's for a bad. I mean, this is a bad Salah season. Like, admittedly, he's he's missed two penalties, missed a plethora of chances, and he could get twenty goals this season. (laughs) Like, the levels is crazy.
1: I'd be shocked if he didn't get twenty goals now at this point. Um, And this is what I think he's on. He's on sixteen league goals at the moment and assists. He's on seven assists. Like, this is what this is what we consider a bad season for Mohamed Salah. And it just speaks to the testament and the weight of the man, and you know what he's achieved during his Liverpool stint. That we're classing this as a bad season. He will go, I mean, we always say he will go down as one of the best players that ever kind of graced the Premier League when it's all said and done.
0: Yeah, I always say he's the best player that I've obviously. I'm, I'm younger than a lot of you guys, but he's the best player I've seen for Liverpool that's not named Stephen Gerrard. Um, for sure, like, Agreed. He's the best. um, he just what a goal scorer. And I was saying this in a chat earlier. He's not the best finisher I've ever seen. Not, not by long shot. Like, you know what I'm saying? He missed the chances. Uh, maybe he might take him one or two to score one. But he's just a great goal scorer. And he's someone by the sheer volume of the amount of shots he takes. So, what, well, let's say he takes what, four to five shots a game, um, he'll score one of them. And a lot of strikers, they don't even mm-hmm. take enough shots for them to even be considered like that. But like with Salah, he just takes so many shots, not shy hungry. Um, and he sniffs chances. Like that third goal against um, Forrest again, like, he just gets in in, um, in that free, um, is it corner? No, it's a free kick. Um, and, like, it, I don't know, like, he just sniffs chances like that. Like, he's, what, at the back post, taps it in. Like, he's not the best finisher, but he's a great goal scorer. He's always, you know what I'm saying, right foot, left foot headers, just always in and around the box taking shots. And, yeah, it's not by chance he gets to, what, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 goals in the league every season even in bad seasons, even in seasons where we don't have centre-backs, seasons where you don't have midfielders, he <laughs> gets his goals regardless.
1: <laughs> and this is the thing, and you hit the nail on the head, this is why he's doing in a broken Liverpool team. It, yeah. The levels are absolutely undeniable and yeah, we, we, we have been truly blessed to kind of be great with such a footballer as Mohamed Salah, you know, long may continue, really. Um,
0: what, what about the guys that said he was um, he signed a contract and you know he's he's tuned out? They said um, he doesn't want to in Madrid. Oh, yeah, he only is here for the money. Now he's got his money, he's given up. What about all them guys? What, I think not condone
1: man. <laughs> uh, I mean, the the, the, the the strike rate is uh, regardless of levels um, these days, so it's not looking good. It's not looking good for them, but. And we imagine the situation we'd be in if he didn't sign the contract contract term um, last year. You probably would have sold you, you. would have sold your best player, and we would be langu- We'd be we'd be worse than Chelsea, and that's saying something.
0: Yeah, sure. Because we would we'd have had to rely on Nunes more, draw more, in that bad form he was in. What's well, Nunes... like you said earlier
1: on? Like we we we, we talked just about getting someone who could be understudy and stepping in games. Who the hell would you buy to kind of? be the ready-made replacement for that role it's Mm. damn near impossible
0: Is for sure that profile again you'd have to change the whole system and maybe a system where like your nine gets most of the goals and your right has to be a career or whatever because yeah it's impossible we cannot replace We, we, we cannot replace we cannot we cannot replace the fire um
1: yeah, someone we'll needs to clip up like a, a pep, like mega mix of just some of his funniest comments at the end of the season. Because yeah, I, I, I could I can get into that. You're a funny guy. Um, we talked a lot about signings throughout the pod, um, and it was interesting. that Klopp himself mentioned the um, sporting director um, situation, um, kind kind of uh, how he how the club is perceiving it throughout this kind of campaign and you know what, what what they're trying to do and you mentioned that you know things are going in the right direction and that they're probably going to have someone in sooner rather than later my question to you peter is do you think a sporting director in terms of all the things we need to do is a sporting director the most important signing we can make this summer
0: it's, it's very important um very very important um just in terms of like a sport director helps you get your transfer targets in order. It helps you kind of identify profiles um, that the club needs, really. And when you don't have a director of football, you've seen what it can do for clubs. So, like, it ends up just being the manager, just choosing who he wants to sign. And you just have a club who's just in the mode of just your 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 manager's favourite players. And that's not a very good thing because you obviously want to continue to so plans you when your manager leaves. So, yeah, um, a director of football you know what I'm saying? It's their job to identify the targets, the profiles that the club needs. Um, a manager really, in this day and age, shouldn't be doing that because they have so much on their plate already. Like, yep. they have so much on their plate already in terms of like, you know what I'm saying? Keeping the squad together, picking, ma- picking players for matches, winning games. Um, so again, having for them to scout players and identify players that they want, I think I feel like in this day and age, you really shouldn't be doing that. You know what I'm saying? We're not in the age of like Ferguson or Wenger anymore. Um, we've got specialists in every department. So, the more help you can get, the better um, for me. And, yeah, like if you can get a guy with a track record of great signings and, um, you know what I'm saying, um, great targets that um, he's kind of identified for previous clubs that he's been at, then, yeah, I feel like it can only be a good thing. I, I'm not really a fan of Klopp and Linders just pick signing players that they like. Like, I feel like there should be someone else in that kind of, you know, recruitment team that they have to go through, um because, you know what I'm saying, like, Klopp's only human. You know what I'm saying, he can get it wrong. Um, Lenders is only human, he can get it wrong. So you have a director to football you have, like, a kind of recruitment team that you kind of need to go through. Um, and it can only be, I feel like it can only be kind of a good thing because, you know what I'm saying, you have a lot more minds coming together um, and, yeah, building a team. So, yeah, definitely.
1: Completely agree. Um, the, the one guy I definitely want us to kind of take a good look at um, and I hope we get him. Um, I, know, I know Klopp wants him. Um, personally, is Christoph Freund, uh, who is at Red Bull Salzburg, but he was at Leipzig. Um, He's one of the guys who kind of identified a lot of their very talented players who then go on to be brought for very big sums of money. Who knew? Um, So, And I think that's one of the things we've gotten away from a lot recently is buying players before they hit the precipice. Too many times we've waited for them to kind of have the breakout season. Yeah, and we just need to get get better at doing that. We need to be scouting. One of the things I think we need to be getting better at um, and a bit more aggressive in is scouting the South American market. Um, There are so many good kind of players in that 18 to 21 age bracket in Brazil, in Argentina at the moment, where you can buy them 8, 10 million, and they instantly become 40, 50 million pound players in the space of 10 to 12 months with the right development paths.
0: For sure. I definitely agree with in that in that sense. Um, it's just it's annoying because like you see these clubs like obviously, admittedly, their kind of desperation, their need is a lot lower than ours. So obviously, when a player comes into Liverpool, they need to kind of like bang straight away, and they don't need to bang in Brian. But like someone like Kai Sado, like how much improvement did he need to do before he became this type of player? Enzo Fernandez, what he paid for ben F- Benfica for how long? Five six months. Six. Worth-
1: six months. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's worth one hundred twenty million. <laughs> It's not a kind of case of like you know people say like, oh let, let let him let them you know train at brighton a bit more let them you know have that match experience at whatever this club but these players there some of them are ready-made gems and you just need to take that mm. chance so. but if not there's there's players that are like not even not even in South America um and you know these types of markets there's players who are playing in Europe who you know what I'm saying buy the stats and buy like you know um what they do from week to week you can see that they're probably on the precipice of Breakout season, it's just whether you want to um, take a chance or not. Because we could leave, and I'll, I'll give an example like, we can leave Kefran Turam at his team for another year, and all of a sudden, next year, he's maybe what playing for France, maybe getting to France teams. Um, he has a breakout season next year, and Nice are going to ask for a lot more money than would you know, saying this summer. So it's just, yeah, there's players like that, you just feel like you can see that they're talented already instead of just waiting for them to have that breakout season. and
1: just yeah, just you know, it's impressive. Trigger now, Sven Botman's another one for me. Um, I mean, how much did Newcastle pay for him? Small, small, small change, really, in, in the grand scheme of things. When you think about it, and he's kind of proved his worth as you know a you know near fifty million pound defender. He's a bit rash in some elements, but you, you can kind of get that out of his game. But he's a very, very solid centre back for a team that is challenging for the top four right now. Um, sure. And you just need to take those you just need to take those risks. And I think a a sporting director will, will definitely help um, with those um, kind of, yeah, basically the the long and short of this is let the nerds do what the nerds do. Let them find these clever signings and, you know, use the data in in the best possible way. Um, And yeah, and on that note, I think that's a good way to sign off. Um, Peter, thank you very much for joining me. It's a pleasure as always to kind of get the wisdom of, Uh, one of the finest to do it on the podcasting network. So thank you very much. Good, sir. Um, Listeners, if you haven't already do head over to the Patreon page, that is is forward slash copper and Fracas, and sign up for as little as three pounds to three pounds per month today. Um, There should be two shows coming out uh, towards the end of this week, post-match wrap up of the West Ham game. And there will be a weekend preview um, towards the tail end of this week. And of course, where we do play Tottenham Hotspur on a Sunday. I know we've got something cooking in the background there, so stay tuned to see what that is. But yeah, um, that's been your episode of Cop and Fracas for uh, the 26th of April, 2023. I've been your host, Krish. He's been Peter. Thank you for much tuning in. We'll see you soon. Peace.
0: Sports Social Podcast
1: Network.